Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, I've pressed record, so away we go. Before I get into today's conversation, let's first shine a light on some of the gigs that are coming up, featuring some of the members of the Saddest Night Out family. First up, we have Drachma, D-R-A-K-M-A-H. They are playing at the Hope and Anchor near Highbury and Islington Station tonight, Wednesday 17th of April. I haven't had any members of the band on the podcast yet, but Davida, who's a member of the band, has played my open mics pretty frequently. And he's even given me a free copy of their CD before. So thank you for that, Davida, and I hope tonight's gig goes well. That's Drachma, D-R-A-K-M-A-H. You can also find them on Spotify, etc. Tomorrow night, Nova Cub are playing at the Hoxton Hall Youth Arts Centre. Nova Cub have been on the podcast before, and I've been... This is, once again, my third take making the intro, so this time I've written down the episode numbers of when I've spoken to these people. So Davida from Drachma, not yet. Nova Cup, I've spoken to them on episode 48, and Louise again, episode 98. So they are playing at the Hoxton Hall Youth Arts Centre tomorrow night. Juliet and Nanette are playing next Wednesday, 24th of April, at number one Imperial Hall near Old Street, and I've spoken to those two on episode 128. Chris Gabriel is playing next Thursday, 25th of April, at The Plough in Hoban. And he's been on the podcast episode 57. And most recently, Nielsen Reevely. I think last night I got the notification via the Songkick app that Nielsen Reevely is playing a show at the Lucky Pig Cocktail Bar Tuesday, the 7th of May. That's near Great Portland Street Station. And Nielsen was on episode 1414 of this podcast. So that's Nielsen, Tuesday 7th of May, Chris Gabriel, Thursday 25th of May, Julia and Nanette, Wednesday 24th of May, Nova Cub, Thursday 18th, and Drachma, Wednesday 17th. If I can, I'll try and put some links to where you can get tickets, etc. for those shows in the show notes. Otherwise, just search any of the artist names I've just given you and you should be able to find links to ticket purchases there. Also, since we no longer have open mic nights on Mondays and Tuesdays at the moment, I thought I would shout out someone else who does have open mic nights on those nights. That person is Fern McNulty. She's been on the podcast before as well. Episode 82, which I recorded from her Monday night open mic. Her Mondays are at a venue called Road Trip and The Workshop, a really cool bar slash live space venue in the basement on Old Street. Mondays, sign up from 7.30. A full backline is provided, but drummers will need to bring cymbals. And on Tuesdays, she is at The Rock Steady, which is a venue near Dalston Junction Station. That's Tuesdays, sign up from 7.30 and a full backline is provided. You can either show up on the night to sign up or you can get in touch with Fern McNulty at foxpalmer.band at gmail.com. That's F-O-X, F for Freddy, F-O-X-P-A-L-M-E-R dot band, as in music band, at gmail.com. So that's it for shout-outs. On to today's conversation. I had a rehearsal last night with Ken, who is from Toronto, Canada. He played the drums. It was our first rehearsal together. It was awesome. And I was determined to get a bit of a chat with him for the podcast. So on this episode, you'll hear me talking to Ken from Toronto about who he is and how he's come to be in London. 
I really enjoyed this chat. I think you will too. And I'll talk to you a bit more afterwards. See you in a bit. So I am in Cafe Studios and I'm here with a drummer who's been absolutely fantastic in this rehearsal. What's your name? Kenneth Ronald Beauville. <laughs> Perfect. You're nailing it so far, buddy. This is Kenneth. Is this your first time ever on a podcast or anything? It is, actually. So far, so good, buddy. You're Thank killing you so it. Much. So I first met you. You were essentially working here at Cafe. You were at the door kind of running things while I had a Sunday session with our bassist today, Sean. How did you come to be in London, first of all? So, my wife really brought me to London. Um, I actually always had a bit of a fear of London. It seemed really? uh, like a bit of a tough city. But... Um, now that you're here, has it lived up to that? No, it's, it, <laughs> it's very... It's everything. It's everything. It's got everything. So... No, I'm really happy to be in London. And So um, before you came here, where were you before? In Toronto. And what were, you, what were you about there? What was a day in the life of Ken in Toronto? So, I guess lots of gigging. I was, I was drumming for several bands, um, making lots of art, and you know, really just trying to be as busy as possible. What came first, drumming or making art? So making art. Right. So, but, so how did that start then? Like, did you like study art and then decide this is what you want to do, and then picked up drumming later? Because you're a really good drummer. You've mentioned you played with a variety of bands. I get the impression from a young age you like studied drumming. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Well, I mean, the art. Basically, when I was very young, a lot of people. Um, were really encouraging for me with the art that I was making. They made me feel like I was talented and had something to offer. So awesome. that's what kickstarted that. Uh-huh. Um, my oldest brother played in bands growing up, so his drummer would leave his kid at my place. And after school, I'd always sneak downstairs and play the kid. And when I was in grade seven, I found myself sneaking into the music room at lunchtime to play the drums and I'd play until someone heard me and kicked me out. <laughs> um, so that's really where it started. And So what age is that roughly, grade seven? So um, around 12. When you were just drumming by yourself, were there songs you liked that you were trying to drum, do the drums to? You know, actually the first song that I ever tried to play melodically on the drums was Hey Jude <laughs> the Is that like a parental influence that was their music collection? It was, yeah, my, my father's big 70s rock guy. Wow, so it started with the Beatles, Hey so, Jude. Yeah, and I grew up in the country so I was actually really lucky that my parents gave me permission to have a drum kit and they really they bought me this big mishmash kit. It had so many pieces. It was like maybe a ten piece kit with symbols wow. everywhere. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. um, An ambitious start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really was. I can only imagine what it sounded like. <laughs> but I truly fell in love with it, and I, I had many teachers growing up, um, and always stuck with it. Fell in love with the rudiments and. Um, just daily practice just always wanted to be 
better than I was the day before. So it started with you solo playing drums and being in love with the craft of drumming. Yes. When did playing in bands enter the picture then? So bands entered in grade nine. Actually, the the first band that I was ever in was a pseudo-punk band called Guys Named Kim. <laughs> I'm a fan already. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was really funny. Um, was that everyone else same age as you? So like, like 14, yeah, 15-ish? Yeah. So was that everyone's first band in that band? Pretty close, pretty close. And, and we sort of, we played around a little bit in Ottawa and local, um, just local shows with okay. that. And then, um, I don't know, I guess then just, yeah, so ex- just expanding from there. So how long did Guys Named Kim last? Not too long. Oh, Ma- maybe, no. <laughs> yeah. Did you record anything? We didn't. Uh, okay. We didn't. Uh, I actually, I didn't do my first recording until maybe around 19. So a lot of years, are just, I'm guessing lots of different bands in between then? Yeah, like, uh, you know, I, I'd go to every open stage I could where there was a drum kit and I'd sit in with the house bands. Um, so you really caught the bug for drumming. So regardless oh, yeah. of the type of music or anything, as long as, as, long as you've got the chance to drum. Yeah, and I, I really um, just felt like I could do it and and push myself to be in those sort of more risky situations, I suppose. Wow. But my drumming really took off, actually, when I moved to Australia. And I'm trying to think of when I moved there. But I started busking in the street mm-hmm. in Australia with my drum kit, and actually I, I was totally living off that money that I was making. I could go out for four hours and I'd make about $200 nice. in a day, and I lost all my stage fright at that time. Yeah, that'll do it. Being on the street, it's just you and the instrument and the people, yeah. Yeah, like lots of people yelling at me, like, you suck, (laughs) give it up, don't play anymore. Um, But I also had some great experiences from that. uh, One night, I was really humbled by this this large man named Tim approached Mm -hmm. me, and and Tim was very kind and, and said he really liked what I was doing, and he said he was in town on tour with a group and if I'd like tickets to the show just give him a call and and when I called him I found out he was the organ player for Eric Clapton wow and he was he was on tour with Clapton so I got uh, almost front row uh, tickets to Clapton two nights in a row and backstage passes And I didn't meet Clapton. Apparently, he's uh, over the backstage stuff now. Fair enough. But I got to meet Steve Jordan, who's one of my favorite drummers of all time, who was on tour with him at the time. So thank you, Tim. Yeah, Tim (laughs) Tim was was amazing and and such a good uh, organ player. So so then after Australia, back to Toronto. Um, was it back to Toronto? Sorry, my history gets a little scrambled on me. Um. Like what? So you said you started recording. Like your first recording was around nineteen, right? Recording, touring, etc. What's the furthest you went with any one band? So, 
I guess last year I did a an East Coast Canada tour um, with uh, a really talented folk Canadian artist Tim Moxham, mm-hmm. and I've d- I've done another. I did a small tour to New York City um, with a group of guys that you know they were actually just had huge egos, and I uh, didn't have a great time on tour. Um, but good experience. I didn't have to pay for a trip to New York, so that was nice. Cool, yeah. Um, but probably, probably the most exciting thing that I've done, which happened recently, actually just before I came to London, um, I got a gig drumming for the originally formed in the 1960s group, the Drifters. Wow. And uh, that... Yeah, that was a, a an amazing opportunity and a lot of work for me. I had to learn uh, 25 songs. It was like a, maybe a, a 10-piece band with a horn section. I'd never played with a horn section. And I met the band the night of the show. Wow. So, so you, were you given the material beforehand to study? Yep. And then night of the show, this, this is your first time playing with everyone else? Yeah, the the music director Vasey, who runs Kensington Sound mm-hmm. in in Kensington, Toronto, um, he became a really nice sort of mentor, older friend of mine. Um, also, Ben Palcha, one of the owners, and I had helped around the studio um, recording an album where I was playing with Vasey, uh, who plays guitar and organ, and he sort of plays everything, and. Uh, yeah, the drummer couldn't make the gig, and um, anyways, they they asked me to step in, and I was totally. Did, did you relish that? Like, because it sounds like from the start you were quite a good student of drumming. So when you were given the chance to, here's all this material, you're going to play this big band. Was was you was like twelve year old you being like, yes, this is what I can really sink my teeth into, or was it more like dread of, oh god, this, this is a lot? No. It, I really just felt honored to be asked to do it, and I I poured my heart into it. You know, if I could go back and relive the night, there's a few <laughs> hits I missed uh, that, that I would have liked to hit, but no, I'm more, I felt like I deserved to be there as well. I felt like, uh, you know, often along the long road of music, you you don't feel your worth. Yeah. Or you, you know, n- even if you're playing a good show, you think it's a good show, no one's talking to you afterwards. No one's, there's no compliments happening. You're kind of left not having any feedback on w- if you're a good player, what, yeah, exactly. w- what's going on in your life. So Everyone just packs up and moves on and you're left kind of at sea, like, how was that? Did I do well? Did I pass, so to speak, etc.? Yeah, exactly. So... So to me, even just the name of the group and, and uh, like, you know, they've written legendary songs. They're, they're in the Hall of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, no, it made me feel special. It, it was a very special moment for me. And I left the gig, you know, feeling a little sour on myself for, for missing a few hits. But when I'd gotten to London, they had contacted me to do more gigs with them. Um, 
so even though I couldn't do the gigs, I it gave me that extra. Knowing that they confidence. wanted you again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess they liked how you did things. Yeah. So well done you. Yeah, cheers. So cheers. now that you're here in London, you've been through a lot to put it lightly in music and in drumming. What does I don't know if, I don't know whether it's success or just what are you looking for now and going forward? Because it sounds like you've you started just you. You've been on the road with bands. You've been in lots of bands. You've been just you on the street. So where now it feels like you maybe get to choose what you want. To, if you could choose what you want to do next, what kind of thing would you look for? Rather than someone else seeking you out, what would you want to say yes to? Well, really drumming, having been drumming so long, I'm 33 now, so... Um, over over 20 years yeah. it's become just such a part of my confidence like knowing that I can sit down at the drums and and I can play what the musicians are asking for I can entertain myself endlessly um, you know from all the teachers I've had and the lessons I've had I, I have a million things to work on constantly really I'm just I just trying to keep my chops up and and keep my confidence high with music and it feels like sort of a, a bit of a waiting period I'm you know there's things I've learned over the years that I'm not the biggest fan of mm-hmm. when it comes to music uh, for example feeling like I have to get everything perfect yeah, and I, I like that because I I show up extra prepared. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I'll finish the gig, and that's my favorite part of the gig, knowing the that I yeah knowing yeah. that I've done it and the relaxation of having had a good show, a good recording. Um, so I'm really, really just trying to find my peace with music right now. Um, yeah, just. You know, ju- I need the drums and music in my life. I know that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure that I want to be touring. I'm not sure that I want, you know, bigger pressure things right now. But I know that I need to keep a certain standard of playing for myself and to push myself because that's a part of who I am. And, you know... yeah. If I'm letting, if I'm feeling depressed in my life and I'm feeling withdrawn from people, usually a a, a quick answer is get on the kit and and start practicing. Wow, it feels like there's from where you started, the twelve year old sneaking into the music class to play the drums. There's still throughout everything you've been through. There's still an element of that. Just the kid who wants to get on the on the set and just know that he can play this next bit and do it well. Right. It's a really nice story, man. Thank you so much for talking to me. This has been the best... Well, I'll say I'll say on record. This has been the best rehearsal I've ever had. This is the first time I've really heard drums playing my music. You showed up with notes for how to play my songs. You had, had my lyrics written down. I'm, I'm living like five Christmases at once right now. So thank you so much, Ken. No, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for your time. And yeah, I look forward to crossing paths with you again, buddy. Thank Cheers you very much. much. Thanks so much.
And that was that. Thank you very much, Ken, for your time. As you said at the start, it was his first time really being interviewed like this. I hope it's not his last because he's such a talented musician and such a great person to be around. He's got a really good energy about him. And his is a story worth hearing. I think a lot of the people I talk to on this podcast, often it's their first time being interviewed in such a way. And I'm very glad I get the chance to share their stories with the world. And Ken is no exception to that. So I first... I think I mentioned it in the episode, but just in case I haven't, I first met Ken when I had a Sunday rehearsal with Sean at Catherine. He was working the front desk, or kind of, he was the maintenance, well, I don't know what the right term is, he was running things on that day. Then the day I had my previous drum rehearsal, which was last Tuesday, so that would have been the 9th of April, I spoke. I was covering the place while Sydney, who runs the place, had to pop out to do some errands. Ken came by while Sydney wasn't back yet. So Ken and I got to talking. And I kind of confided in Ken. I said, I'm nervous about this rehearsal because the music I make, I have a very specific way I want to do it. And I don't know how best to convey that to people who want to join my band. His suggestion was you should probably record you know, backing tracks and have it spelt out exactly how you want it. So that way it's really easy for them to see what it is you're going for. And I said, that's exactly what I've done. I really appreciate you saying that. We're on the same wavelength, at least. I'm not the only one who thinks this way, so thank you. That drum rehearsal didn't work out. And afterwards, I just before I went into the rehearsal room, I got Ken's Instagram and kind of... So we could keep in touch. And after the rehearsal, I said to him, thanks for talking to me. The rehearsal didn't work out the way I feared it wouldn't. But it was good to talk to you. And in the back of my mind, I was hoping, boy, it'd be great if Ken would offer to drum with me. Because I think he's right on the same wavelength as me. And lo and behold, he sent me a reply saying, hey, you know, I could be available to drum. And I, I said to him last night, I was like punching the air as if my team just won the championship. I was like, yes, Ken could do it. But I had to play it cool in the messages. So I was saying, uh, you, know, you know, if you're into it, you can maybe figure out a date or something. So yesterday, Tuesday, the 16th, 15th, 15th. I don't even know. Yesterday night, Tuesday night was our first rehearsal together with Sean on bass. It went fantastically, and we talked a bit more. I don't know how much further down the road we'll go together, but this t- in the meantime, I'm having a good time. He is too, and I was really glad I got to talk to him for the podcast as well. I felt a bit bad. We finished rehearsing at nine because he had something else to. He had other things to do later on in the evening, but he ended up leaving at ten, partly because we had this conversation, and also because we got talking to Sydney on the way out, and Sydney. It's rare you have a quick chat with him. He often really gets into something. Ken left about 10. I left about 10.50. Because when Sydney and I get into it, we can really get into it. And it's always a good time. But thank you so much, Ken. Sorry you ended up leaving. I imagine you left a bit later than you intended. But thank you so much for your time. It was fantastic. I now need to get my act together. Once again, how many times have I said that on this podcast? Because I gave Ken a bunch of the tracks that we worked on last night. But some of them were in unintentionally instrumentals so I need to send him the versions with the vocals because that helps him to understand how the song goes and how his parts go that can act as an anchor for him for when to change to different routines on the drum kit last night was also the first time he played my songs on a kit I think he has a bit of an electronic pad set up back home at his place and he'd only kind of loosely figured things out on that so last night was the first time he was doing it with an actual kit. So there were some instances where he had to just physically do it to get used to where his hands need to be and get familiar with it. 
and I was all I had all the time in the world to do whatever he needed to do to get his head around the parts. I have only ever made parts for my songs on the drums via copy and pasting kick drum here, snare drum here, etc., etc. And I have an idea of how it goes. I can sit down at the kit and do it, but it's some it's very different between putting it together on your PC and then sitting down and doing it. So I really appreciate Ken taking the time to learn the parts that I'd given. I need to, so I need to send him the versions of the songs that were instrumental. I need to send him the versions with vocals on. There are seven songs that he knows, five songs that Felix and Sean know, nine songs overall. So there's two more I need to get down in demo form. I'm still arriving at their finished form in my mind before I commit it to, in quote marks, to commit it to tape. Then I'll send those to the band. And yeah, the dream is back on to play a show in May, maybe June. Maybe at the Road Trip and the Workshop venue. Speaking of, did I mention that they have open mic nights on Mondays? Road Trip and the Workshop, helmed by the esteemed Fern McNulty. That's Mondays from 7.30. Tuesdays at the Rocksteady in Dalston from 7.30. Foxpalmer.band at gmail.com to get more information and to put your name down. I also do open mic nights, and I really should be hyping up my own open mic nights too. This is me. This is typical Roy. I'm so quick to hype up other people, but when it comes to my own thing, I'm very quick to put myself on the back burner. I'm trying to change that. We're cha- You're watching me change that attitude in real time. So, the open mics we currently have, Wednesday, tonight we have two. I'm doing the Littleton Arms in Camden, and Dave Fudge will be doing Rubies in Dalston. Tomorrow night I will be doing the Nelsons in Hoxton, and that one it start the sign up. Well, the music starts at seven, so six thirty is like the arrival time. Whereas normally it's seven thirty for the music and seven for the arrival time. This one's a little earlier, and it happens to be about a fifteen minute walk away from where Nova Cub are playing tomorrow night. So unfortunately I won't get to see them because I'll be working, but I might hopefully get a chance to catch up with them before they play, depending on when their sound check is, etc. We'll see. If the cards are in our favour, maybe it will work out. Uh, Fridays, I am at the King's Head in Bayswater. That one starts at 7.30, well, 7 o'clock, etc. Saturdays, Brandon is at Allsop Arms by Baker Street Station. And Sundays, I am at the Plough in Hoban. You can go to ukopenmic.com forward slash events to see all of our future nights listed and to reserve your spot at those nights as well. Thank you again to Ken for last night's conversation and the rehearsal. I can't wait for the next one. So last night was me, Ken on drums and Sean on bass. Felix could could not join us on guitar. Hopefully next week he can. And that will be the first rehearsal where all four members are there and all parts are played live. Oh, I'm getting dizzy just thinking of the prospect. So thank you very much, Ken, for yesterday. Thank you, Sean, as well, for being there. Thank you, Sydney. Thank you to all of you for listening. And I will catch you on the next episode. Once again, uh, Nielsen, Chris, Gabriel, Juliet, and Nanette, Nova Cub, and Drachma are all playing shows in the near future. If nothing else, I'll try and put links to their Instagrams, at least, in the show notes for this episode so you can go and check them out. And maybe go and check out those shows because we're all about the cross-promotion here best believe when i book a show and i will be booking a show there might be a whole week of episodes that's just me saying come to my show come to my show come to my show so you've got that to look forward to otherwise thank you very much for listening i'll catch you on the next episode take care